0: This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. The Marp. fastest, easiest, most professional, user-friendly, customer-supported way Delicious. to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. That is squarespace.com with the offer code thumbs
1: cool welcome to idle
0: thumbs <laughs> the how to show on youtube your weekly dose of gaming goodness
1: yes. <laughs> sponsored by gamer grub what
0: it's september 7th 2017 This is Idle Thumbs 311. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick
2: Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Uh, We were recording this deep in the past when uh, our world still existed, uh, barely. So apologies if the world does not exist when this (laughs) podcast comes out. Yeah, Yeah. sorry.
0: And if all the games we're talking about are old and busted by then. Mm. Yep. That'd be even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there... We will be slightly closer to one thing happening mm. that I had not heard about until like five minutes ago, which was, it was written to us in an email from Logan Brown, who says, hey all, I don't know if this has flown across your radars yet, but this seems like a dream collab for Chris. And I clicked on the link, mm-hmm. and this this is amazing. This was, uh, I don't know, I guess by the time you hear this a couple weeks ago, this was announced. Uh, Derek Yu, the designer of Spelunky. Oh, this is cool. Oh, so you do know about this? Yes. Yeah. And Ojiro Fumoto, the -hmm. designer of Downwell, both games I love. Spelunky in particular, a game I think is like one of the, truly one of the all-time great games. Like, absolutely, Mm -hmm. I I maintain that. Um, Those two designers have teamed up to make something called UFO Fifty, a collection of fifty games. I thought there were. Um, I
2: thought there were five developers involved mm. in UFO Fifty.
0: Oh yeah, looks like also Irik uh, Sirk, who he was the composer on Spelunky. Okay. Um, John Perry, who made something called Time Barons, which rings a bell, but I can't bring mm. it to mind. Paul Hubens of Pixel Pusher. Um, so yeah, you're right. There were five. Yeah. Uh, The headline was just those two guys. I see. Uh, Anyway, this is a collection of 50 games, each of which is, quote, slightly smaller than commercial 8-bit titles from the 80s. And they make a point to say these are not, like, micro games or mini games. They are full games. Mm. Um, And uh, the sort of conceit behind UFO 50 is that these were games created in the 80s by a fictional company that was obscure but ahead of its time, all connected by a unique 32-color palette and other restrictions we decided on to make them feel more authentic. Uh, they will all be single-player games, and roughly a third of them will have competitive or cooperative multiplayer. I'm really glad, by the way, that they're all single-player games, because that's just what I'm going to do. And this sounds seems like the kind of project that these days, a lot of them would be like local multiplayer, uh, which is really fun, but also not always practical. Yeah, there's not enough people um, around. Anyway, this is coming to PC and possibly other platforms in 2018. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's it's totally really ambitious and really cool. Bananas. Yeah. The
2: trailer for it is also just shocking because it looks like they've achieved their goal. I mean, Derek, Derek, you is an amazing, amazing pixel artist. And I mean, he has yeah. been for he's been doing this stuff for like 15 years now. And it's always yeah. been mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this feels like a lot of people stretching their muscles in a, in a super impressive way. What's it called again? UFO 50. Yeah. It looks really neat. Go watch yeah. the trailer for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll talk about that on Isle of Thumbs episode three hundred and fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's. <a laughs> uh, anyway, in terms of games that do exist already that we have played, mm. uh, our buddy Steve, formerly of this podcast, released a game. Thank God, called Tacoma. Thank God, Steve's not involved with it anymore.
2: Oh, wow! No, I ruined it, guys. Let's just start that over again. Sorry, we're like aggressively low energy, and I shat on it. So uh, <laughs>
0: anyway, speaking of games that currently exist that you can play now, mm. our buddy Steve, formerly of this podcast, former thumb. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I guess he's a thumb forever. Formerly
2: of this podcast, always an idle thumb. True.
0: It's S- like being an Eagle Scout or, or president or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, sadly, true. Uh, anyway. He released a video game a while ago. At this point, I mean, like yeah. a month and a half ago. By the time you yeah, finished. but Tacoma came out. Tacoma. Steve Tacoma.
2: Steve, Steve left the Idle Thumbs podcast uh, to pursue his dream of making Gone Home. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then he left Gone Home to pursue his dream of making Tacoma. <laughs> true. And that day has come. Steve's yeah. dream has been realized. It's true. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I think we've have we all played through Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I I assumed as such. Yes, uh, it's not that I mean it's like it's like most of these games, you know, like Gone Home, Firewatch, etc. In that you can play. I, I in that they're not it,
2: games. Blah, da, da. <laughs>
0: um, I played through it in a single setting A single single sit No, two two sittings. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, uh, two. But it's nice. There's like it's nice to be able to. Actually, I played through two like speculative future science fiction games in one sitting this week. So, I guess we can talk about the other mm. one. Oh, yeah, after right. Because, Nick, I know you've played at least mm-hmm. like half of it or so. Mm. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> Tacoma. The thing. Tacoma is a story based um, kind of. It's like a first person exploration ex- game. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, it's a, a first person story exploration game uh, in which you are sent to a space station in order to investigate. Uh, well really to just perform a specific task that you're given. But really what you end up doing as the player uh, is to investigate what happened to the crew while you retrieve uh, the kind of hardware of this like incredibly important and valuable AI yeah, that ran the station b- before a catastrophic event occurred.
2: Yeah, you're sent there in the sort of mold of blue collar sci-fi worker yeah. guy or in this gal. case gal who's yeah you're jo- you just you're supposed to plug a tablet into a wall and wait for it but since it's a video game and you are a video game protagonist you you're choose look to look at everything around, and uh, pick things into up. people's stuff and yeah mess with everything
0: and the thing that uh, my favorite thing about Tacoma uh, is the And I mean, uh, and uh, probably a lot of people's favorite thing, because it really is the sort of central, like, big bullet point feature, new feature of the game, uh, is the augmented reality uh, video log system by which you can see the crew, uh, the, like, now vacant crew... like move around the station, have conversations with each other and you can scrub like in sort of ghostly rendered wireframe kind of, um, you know, fully animated uh, scenes. But unlike a traditional cutscene, you can walk around inside them while this is happening and you can scrub back and forth along the timeline. And some of these are really long. I mean, some of them are like six minutes long or so. I don't know mm-hmm. how long they get, but some of them are quite long and they involve different crew members like walking all throughout the station and sort of intersecting paths and meeting and sharing and exchange and walking away. And the thing I like so much about it is it feels like one of like a very rare example of genuine innovation in what is essentially audio logs. Like this this is serving the same purpose that audio logs did in, uh, for instance, system shock two, which I feel like was kind of the game that, um, started the modern trend of audio log-based storytelling in, yeah. for in immersive first-person games. Um, obviously, Bioshock was the one that, like, really b- brought it to the forefront, but Bioshock itself was a game by the makers of System Shock 2. So, um, and also, what's funny is System Shock 2 also had this kind of, like, ghostly um, imagery of the characters, the, you know, now disappeared, mm. now gone characters, uh, and so this, so Tacoma, I feel like, really shares um, some DNA with that game's method, but by adding this ability to directly um, interact <clears throat> with the timeline by scrubbing back and forth within it, it 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 really feels like a new take on it. I mean, I know there have been other games, like I mentioned this on Twitter a few weeks ago, and some people pointed out some other recent games like The Division that did uh, similar stuff to this, but I think the way that uh, Tacoma handles the scrubbing specifically and, like, the integration of it into the world is just really cool. Yeah, it's really nice.
2: It also gives it a forensic, investigatory feel. because
1: you can also hack people's, like, desktops within that as well. inside
2: of of the sort of holographic logs that are playing. Yeah, if if someone else brings up an AR desktop, you can click on it and sort of scour what they were looking at at that moment in time. It ends up... Like mechanically, it doesn't pay off in the same way as her story, but it gave me some of the same feelings of her story.
0: You mean the Sam Barlow game, her story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the when game. You first said that I thought you were referring to. <laughs> it. I mean, capital yeah. H, capital S, her
2: story. Yeah. Um. You know, which is that desktop simulator where you are just looking through hours and hours and hours of video clips of of uh interviews about a crime. Yeah. But it just that feeling of there is potentially so much stuff here that it's you know. It's only the the clip is only you know it could be three minutes long of this of this video sort of of this like AR log, but it could take you ten plus minutes just to go through and follow each of the characters back mm-hmm. as they walk in yeah. out of the room and look yep. at their desktops and stuff, and even then you know only a couple of details inside of it will end up being like p- plot relevant, but just that feeling of of really dense content packed into a tiny bubble that your job is to sort of like pull apart and look through feels really nice.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that games of this type have to contend with, and I say this as someone who, uh, you know, works on games in this sort of loose genre. I mean, games in the genre are very different to one another, but like, I think one of the common elements is that without sort of traditional adventure gamey puzzles, really a lot of what you're doing is kind of just like... Absorbing a lot of content and yeah. coming up with novel and worthwhile ways to absorb that content is pretty difficult and often can't really be repeated from game to game because frequently it is very contingent on the specifics of the story being told and the world it's being told in and like mm-hmm. all these other factors, right? I mean, like it, the, and I think a cool thing about Tacoma is the way is the where they drew the line between the elements of this system that are natural to the world being depicted uh which are like oh, it's a r and there's these sort of wireframe people they're not they're they're more than wireframes they're actually like modeled, but they're have that translucency of wireframes um these people walking around in the world and the idea is that you are sort of seeing these through some kind of, I don't know, like retinal implant or I forget, I don't remember what exactly the... I think it's the computer is like playing it back. Yeah, it I think it, at, at the
2: very beginning of the game you sort of put two things on your ears right, that imply right. that there's like a Google glass style overlay on your face. totally. Mm-hmm. So
0: anyway that's how that's you're seeing it, but then on top of it there's like UI elements with a little kind of timeline on the bottom of the screen and little icons that point out like, oh, this is at, you know, two minutes and 57 seconds in the timeline. You can see coming up, there's a little like question mark icon that means, or I I forget exactly what the imagery is, but it's, you know, you you know, like, oh, okay, I I know because I've done this before that this means there's gonna be a computer desktop that opens up and that I can hack into and like get information and I can see it coming up on the timeline. And I feel like one of the tempting things to do in this kind of system would be to have it be 100% like, in-world, like so to speak, where those sort of video game con- UI conveniences are downplayed, but mm. they really just decided to make that system a very user-friendly video game UI that, like, I don't know, maybe that stuff is all justified fictionally, I don't really know, but it felt to me just like a really good, nice, usable video game UI, and I feel yeah. like deciding when to maintain uh, fidelity to like the really specifically sold in world fictional elements and when to just say like we're right. going to make this usable as a video game to the player is like a really important yeah, thing to you, decide you can
1: definitely imagine a version of this i mean like the effect of it is kind of akin to something like sleep no more where you're kind of moving from room to room and like characters will just split off and you've got to follow them into this room or whatever but yeah like, you can definitely imagine a version of this where it just plays out and then Maybe just and replays other, automatically, or just goes away right. forever. And, and other
0: games that are yeah. that that do stuff like this that that I, that is right. a thing. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But yeah. I think yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, I think smart. this I, is this mm. is allowed. This is like I think we're allowed to say this because I think Steve has said it publicly. But earlier in the development of Tacoma, it was more like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: they showed a demo. Oh, okay, that's the, right. It that was that's before right. they had the playback yeah. scrubbing. Yeah, they they definitely. I felt like it was. Meant to be built into the same sort of AR desktop that your character has, that everyone else has, and it's. But you know, so th- they they tied it into a fictional contrivance built into this game to sort of justify that UI. But I feel like now that they've done that and bridged that gap, I hope that people feel comfortable taking th- doing an approach like this, but just not even worrying about building a huge fictional const- construct around mm. like it. I mean, like thinking about uh, the Last Express, yeah, which lets you, yeah, which right. lets you rewind time. Uh, Globally, Mechner's, for the whole yeah, world. Jordan yeah. Mechner's later game, *The Prince of Persia: Sands of Time*. Your character has a dagger that lets you reverse time, and it's got all the and it's got a bunch mm-hmm. of huge in-world fiction. But *The Last Express* was like, ah, in the menu, there's just a Faberge egg that you can press right. a button on, and it rewinds <laughs> yeah, the world.
0: There's, there's no suggestion that your character is a fucking like yeah. time wizard. And yeah,
2: like the Tacoma navigation, like time navigation, AR log stuff feels so good that it makes me think it would hold up. Yeah. without needing the fictional construct of your character th- has holographic I think, manipulation.
0: I think you're right to some degree. But you'd have I to come up with... You'd have you to still couch some, it a little bit. Yeah, you needed some at least thematic yes. construction that makes it feel like Sure, this yeah, yeah, is, yeah, of course. Yeah, like like maybe if you don't have the as much of the technology underpinnings, you at least are like, oh, your character is a detective. Right, and you or it's a game about suggest, regret
2: or something, right? Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're constantly replaying these things in your head and that's how it's kind of like expressed... In the game right or you're like Your character is you know it's like a Genre thing and you're like a fucking amazing Forensic you're like a Sherlock Holmes And you just you sort of Are seeing these things through your mind's Eye or
2: literally a person who sits there And obsesses over how a previous Conversation went
0: and uh, (laughs) It would be fucking crazy (laughs) as if you could Replay things and there were different line reads in it Like in the conversation conversation, yeah, 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 Man That would be fucking cool because like we just did a we just did a um, recorded an episode of the Twin Peaks Rewatch podcast in which there is a line that was replayed from Fire Walk with Me which is a movie that came out 25 years ago and they've hired for the for like the replay of that line in yeah, this episode that came out a couple weeks ago they hired a voice like a different voice actor to like imitate that character's voice and record it basically identically except for changing one word, which is not something that you you would notice just like watching it through, but it's like a very interesting and specific choice and imagining that kind of being applied to a game where you are sort of scrubbing through stuff, and then there's something different, but the game doesn't surface that.
2: Right, if it's sort of, yeah, introducing elements of subjectivity or the infallibility of memory, or the fallibility,
0: excuse me, of memory. You know what's really cool about that, too, is if the game sort of tells you, like, you can replay this stuff as much as you want, but then there's one, like, difference that happens one time, and you can never get that one back. You know, like, it's an Mm. interesting way to sort of, like, maintain... Because you know once in a, in a in a in a mechanic where you declare to the player, like you always can go back and see the thing, you still huh. like it would be interesting to sort of maintain one element of that authorial subversion to be able to say, "Ah, but like right or if you
2: got have things that could drift out of the recordings until another character reminded you that they were there, and then they would come back or mm. something I don't know,
0: and maybe come back differently and come yes,
2: yeah, maybe they come back wrong.
0: Now I just want to like, <laughs>
2: I just want to fuck around with this. Steve, give us all of the code to Tacoma, yeah, please. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that stuff in Tacoma is very cool.
0: Yep. Yep. Find more information about Tacoma at. Ta.co.ma, I think is his website. <laughs> yeah, Steven if you're wondering, website. if you're
2: wondering if Steve came from this stupid podcast, look at all of the domain names for oh, everything yeah. he ever fucking works on. Yeah. His company's domain name is is it's Fulbright. It's so complicated. It's Fulbright, but it's at fullbrig.ht. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's stupid! So I didn't even realize that. He loves it. He's he's wrong. His love is misplaced and bad. Yeah,
0: it's impossible to say any of them. Yeah. Is it ta.co.ma? It's yeah. It's it is. It's Tacoma. It is actually what's what's absurd is when you go to ta.co.ma, it instantly resolves to tacoma.game. So like it's just two different dumb URLs that point to each other. Just dumb. Yeah. Anyway, buy it on itch.io. <laughs> 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 or buy it on Steam powered. Yeah, or Steam powered. Steampowered.com. Nothing's good. Nope. They're all everything's bad. Uh, do you think the Xbox One X, X1X, one X, Box X1X X will have backwards compatibility with Tacoma? Oh, I guess it will, because it's just an upgraded version yeah, of tacoma, the Xbox Tacoma's One. Tacoma's on that. Definitely buy Tacoma on the Xbox One X, Box One X, Box. More information at ta.co.ma. <laughs> <laughs> this Xbox One X, Box,
2: parentheses, quantity one, is <laughs> empty. It is just an Xbox One <laughs>
0: Xbox box. <laughs> Please do not buy this thinking you will receive an Xbox One Xbox Xbox. X <laughs> it is only the box. Uh, Read the description. The Xbox, oh my God, it's, I, sorry.
2: The Xbox One X turns out is actually really sick. But, uh, yeah. So, so make sure that you buy the actual Xbox One X and not an Xbox
0: One Xbox, Xbox yeah. uh, for mm. the season one. Yeah, don't get fucking hoisted on eBay when you buy your Xbox One Xbox. No. Yeah. When does that come out? I, I should know. I should know when it comes out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It is a ridiculous computer. Computers are ridiculous, generally. It's true. Um, all right, what what do we want to talk about? What else have we played? Oh, I guess we can talk about the other... Yeah, games. let's, uh, let's oh, finish Idle yeah, Thumb's should, uh, Speculative
2: Fiction Minute right. by yeah. talking about um, Mike Bithel.
0: Yeah, um, Nick, why don't you set this up?
1: Uh, yeah, Mike Bithel, the developer of uh, What Thomas Was Alone... And, and Volume. Volume. Yeah. Um, I guess he's now doing a series of short games. Um, with, like, his with, studio, I guess? Yeah, I don't really know what the yeah. sort of
0: structure of his deal yeah, is. Yeah, Biffle Games or the something along those lines. People, yeah, it's,
1: yeah it's definitely not just him yeah. himself, but...
2: Um, is this uh, because Volume... Volume? I follow him on Twitter, and it seemed like Volume
0: was a... It did not seem like it did its numbers. It,
2: and no. it seemed like it took a long time. Mm. Like, it seemed like he had expected that game to
0: not be big, and it was yeah. big. But, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Oh, it was big? In terms oh, of you just production, mean to make. okay, yeah, 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 yeah it yeah, seemed yeah, like you yeah.
2: went from Thomas's alone to a thing that ended up being surprisingly ambitious, and yeah, probably, right. you know, yeah, I don't I know don't how actually, successful it was. I have but, no
0: idea what the financial situation yeah. being ended up being. It's not my business, but it seemed like it. It didn't. It didn't blow up the way from Thomas his was alone. Own public statement Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there's no yeah. insider knowledge here.
1: Yeah. yeah, but either way, it seems like he's just you know this is a conservative effort stuff. to just make small stuff. That's and cool. And ship it and, and yeah. be. Ex- I think it's explicitly he's just. I think in the opening like of the game, it just says this is meant to be experimental or something along mm. those lines. Of it. Um, but yeah, it's called what subsurface. Su- oh God, subsurface, subsurface circular. circular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and it's a narrative game that um, takes place in a world. I guess that is. I mean, humans exist in this world, but but now we have like AI that sort of has developed its own personality or di- per different personalities. I mean, and it's
0: basically the. Wor- it seems like the world we're headed to. Chris. It is the world we're headed to in the uh, sense that, like, part of the fiction of the world. I don't know how far. You, I know you didn't complete the game, Nick. I forget what like how far. I'm like two-thirds of the way in. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. So yeah, yeah I mean, like, part of the fiction of this world is that human jobs have been almost entirely supplanted Mm -hmm. by various sort of archetypes of robot laborers yeah who Um, all work
1: for management right um and you're you're a robot detective yeah uh whose job it is i guess is to solve problems uh, that go on in the society of robots um and you're writing a the entire game takes place on well i don't i don't have played to the end but (laughs) Presumably the entire game takes place on um, a subway car that you're just sitting in. Uh, which your detective never leaves, I guess is the conceit. I, I think he mentions at some point... I can't
0: point, tell. I couldn't quite I, I think tell. he said,
1: like, I, I, I never leave the underground. I'm just always here solving yeah, crimes.
0: I, I can't remember, <laughs> but I think
1: that might be right. Yeah, Um, yeah. I you just of that. Yeah, so it's you, a way
0: to justify it's funny. having a game that takes place yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% in one scene. Yeah, yeah. I liked some of that. But but so, yeah, you just sit... Oh, I thought it worked. I, I was sort of skeptical yeah. at the beginning, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, I totally get yeah, it. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, the, I think the different characters kind of sell it. But so, yeah, so you sit there and... You've got a little UI in the bottom left corner that says what stop you're on. You can open up the subway map, which is kind of nice and, and kind of just shows you kind of like, I guess linearly this game sort of progresses stop by stop. You know, like you can kind of tell as you complete conversations with the characters yeah, that, that come on the train it that it's kicks yeah. the, it kicks it to the next stop. It's a nice way to kind of like mark time. Mm-hmm. But you just talk to the robots that come onto the train and that's the whole game um, is is kind of, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a plot that involves um, sort of, various disturbances that are occurring and missing people and and uh, missing robots it's
0: almost a classic like noir detective story in that your case is like given to you by a distressed Mm -hmm. in this case robot who sort of comes in and says look you have to help me my friend disappeared and that's the that's the instigating event Mm -hmm. um but the way you investigate is just by sitting in your seat as other robots get on and off this train yeah um
2: that's honestly the meat of most old like hardboiled detective novels, anyway. Other than the fact yeah. that they travel, they're not stuck on a train; they're wandering to yeah, different small rooms, talking. and they're then occasionally falling. getting beat up. Yeah. Yeah. But in this right. one, you yeah. don't get beat up. You just yeah. do the part where you talk to various people. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I guess what the way I mean basically the way this game works is you'll talk to somebody, um, dig deeper into a conversation at a certain point they'll tell you something like i heard the humans are upset and then that unlocks like a keyword that you can then use to expose more dialogue options it's a lead
0: yeah once you each of those leads can then be used in conversation with any other robot. Right. So that's and awesome. you can, that
2: you, almost is like insult sword fighting in Monkey Island. Yeah, where if, someone, bit, yeah. if someone ever tells or you like, an insult for the first time, you can then use it on everyone yep. to see if they know the response. Right.
0: Or yep. more accurate, like a slightly closer and way more obscure comparison would be Discworld Noir. Oh yeah, Discworld uh, Noir is dete- yeah. the detective Wait, notebook. Uh, okay. yeah. uh, the yeah. idea in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a ridiculous. Yeah. <coughs>
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I think it is very short. I mean, I could have just yeah, straight up completed I, I, think it. I think just kind of had to run like out of the apartment. Ou-
0: three but hours maybe?
1: Yeah, but it's nice. I mean, it, like they, maybe know, the, pre- I feel like the presentation of this game for being just a short interactive game it's is good. really, it's, n- yeah.
0: It's weird to play some, I mean, it's, you know, having made some small, like mid-scale game, you know, games, right? Like, sort of indie games, but at the scale of like 10 people, like five, I mean, five to 10 people, I guess, as opposed to like two people, Mm -hmm. you can really see how, why this game has the scope it does, you know, which is like, it's really super duper high fidelity, but only one scene. Yep. And like, there's lots of animation, but on non-human characters. Yep. And it's like, oh, okay, I see oh, yeah. how all this stuff. It's like, if you have a full-time animator. No voice. And, and a full-time yeah, yeah. modeler, it's like, well, they can do a, 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 I mean, nothing is stopping them from making any one asset, like incredibly yeah. deep, like shiny and nice and detailed, but they're just not going to have the bandwidth to make like a whole world full of stuff. Right. right. There's like sort of a, a minimum like a uh, output you have once you have someone who's just there. Like, once you well, have they, the person, yeah. it's like, well, they can make it look amazing now. Like in yeah. 2017, one person can make t- materials and models that look incredible. Yep. Uh, they just can't they get,
2: make a ton of, them. but they just can't right. make a ton of. I mean, they them, got right, a lot of yeah. mileage
1: out of things like just changing the color palette, right? Well, exactly. you do a new stop and like the colors of all the yeah. robots that happen to get on then are sort of yeah. more in like you know purples, and then the lighting changes, and it's just it's kind of like this room, like it's just yeah. like oh yeah, okay, now we're in a different <laughs> mood, and like this is right. going to suit what the narrative is doing right now. It's yeah. I don't know. There was some smart like
0: <laughs> ah, like the lighting in our podcast studio, which we suddenly we s- YouTube viewers will <laughs> see that the lighting subtly changes to fit the story we're telling in this in this week's podcast episode. True. right?
1: Yeah. Uh, but Chris, you played it all the way through. I know you said that the ending kind of, I, without spoiling anything, I know you said the ending kind of puts a, a oh, different no. I, light on that's it. Not,
0: no, that's <laughs> not really what I mean. Well, I mean, it does just in the sense that it's a story, and the ending mm. of a story always affects the story. Sure, sure, sure. But it's more, it's not so much that. It's more that, impression. yeah, it's more that because this game is fairly short and because the scope is fairly constrained, I feel like in order, <laughs> in order, completing it does actually feel like necessary to sort of be mm. able to come up with a overall sure. conclusion or Take thought on it. which one could one could and some people definitely do make that argument that you would say that about any video game but there are definitely some in my opinion. Strongly held opinion. Oh, yeah. There are definitely some video games where it's like, okay, I mean, this is dozens of hours long, and after a certain number of hours, I, I get it. I really get it. This like, is a short story. Would you be like stopping in the middle of a short exa- story and exactly saying like exactly. I didn't like it or I loved right. it? You know, right, it's right. sort of silly, but yeah. I mean, there's not really any com- fiction comparisons. Just you can't are hard to make with this at all, right? Because even with a novel, yeah. you couldn't stop halfway through a novel and say I get it because a novel isn't a system, right? A novel right. is like yeah. a series of individually written sentences and games include elements of that some games more so than others but much of what a game is is a system right like there's Tacoma is different than like Skyrim yeah and you can have different opinions about them based on the amounts of hours of them you've played and like one of those makes more sense to have an opinion after 20 hours not having completed it right versus three hours having completed the other anyway whatever uh I think this game was worth playing it's like five dollars mm-hmm. it's, it's 499 or whatever yeah. it's on Steam. Uh, maybe other places. Um, And it's you. I would say that if you. you, Based on what we've said about it, I feel like you should probably have a decent sense of whether Mm -hmm. you will feel like it is worth $5. Like it it takes place in one location. It is just dialogue. That is all you're doing the whole game. Um, That like it's very specific and constrained scope. And I feel like if you know that and you, are not, that is not going to like make you feel like you've been cheated out of your five dollars or something? Then it's great. I mean, like I mm-hmm. think it's cool. I think it's an interesting, worthwhile experiment, and I hope it does well for them. Yep. Um, it's it's another case where you know, like I was saying about Tacoma, it's another case where for games like this, and this is very different than Tacoma in that you aren't walking around at all. Yeah. But I feel like it's sort of similar in that it's a basically linear story that you experience um, through dialogue It's just a different you know in this case you're participating in the dialogue whereas in Tacoma you're observing the dialogue um, and the way that it is executed is just spe- kind of specific to this game and like this setting and and uh, yeah it's interesting yeah i I get the sense that I have like sort of just that intuitive sense that if you play through it, things could happen differently depending on how you play through it. But I'm not certain that's I th- the case.
1: So I I read uh, just a, briefly. I read a, a review that okay. mentioned that
0: the oh my god, <laughs> Jake just blast. Dick had the lights so on. So now I got to get really excited him. about yeah.
1: this. Oh uh, right. video games. Yeah, oh, this is sick review. Oh. I got my daily dose of re- video game reviews. Uh, Rent it. Uh, yeah, buy it. Uh, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. What are those
0: uh, <laughs> ratings?
1: Anyway, uh, so I read a review of it. Uh, I, I, my understanding of it is that it, it, it sort of implies choice but doesn't actually offer it until okay, the end. That that's the totally, end is apparently a, a you, sort of like right.
0: There is then, there is yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. that that makes sense. I totally buy that. The one of the things I was wondering when playing this game, and I remember wondering the same thing about Tacoma when I first played a like playtest build of it. Like in Tacoma there's this mechanic where you have to download the AI you're sent to receive to sort of a tablet and there's a percentage bar that ticks up as you're doing right. it. And I was like sitting there trying to reverse engineer how it works and I think I was, uh, my supposition was I think proven to be correct except for a thing that I did not anticipate which is that if you simply sit there and let the game run it will without complete. doing anything, yeah. the percentage bar will complete. So you can conceivably yep. finish that game and see almost nothing by just waiting a total of, like, many hours. You can literally
2: do the job that you're ostensibly set out there to do. Right. And it takes the amount of time that it would. Yeah, uh,
0: which is very funny. And I was so when I was playing um, Subsurface Circular, I was kind of wondering the same thing because there's this implied tension of... Oh, like, will you get to the next subway stop. Right, because when you do, robots get on and off the train, and then once they leave, you can no longer talk to them. Right. And it does seem like there is a certain amount... There's definitely a certain amount of content that you could conceivably never see if you just hit all of the, like, critical path stuff and then not any of the optional stuff and then switch what robot you're talking to. It will sort of move it on to the next Mm -hmm. station. Um, But that's not really, like, branching or choice in any meaningful way. It's just kind of, like how much off. of the content do you see, right? Um, and I was imagining sort of a version of this in which there is <coughs> <sort of coughs> simultaneously a limit, like a timer going on. In More an like, ac- l-
2: like adding a Last Express element into it, actually. Yeah, or actually
0: like what Tacoma really is, which is a real timer, but you can short-circuit the timer by actually doing the content. But yeah, if, you, so if, if you, you
2: eat all of it, Tacoma doesn't make you wait for
0: the download. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. but if you sit around forever, the timer is still going. In Tacoma, that's a safe thing to happen because the timer being complete doesn't actually turn off any of the content until you choose to progress in the game. Right. Whereas in this game, if the timer actually completed, you would in fact like...
2: They'd, they'd be like, oh, sorry, this is my stop. I have yeah. to go. Yeah.
0: But it made me kind of interested in the ver- the alternate reality version of this game in which that is just the attitude they took and they just designed around that. And I, yeah. I don't know what that would mean exactly. It would be... A- Sort of diff- that 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 kind of design choice with a linear narrative game is very very. It difficult. It makes your game it's real so hard suddenly. It yeah. really makes it hard to make because you yeah. It's hard to make and then weird to play because you don't necessarily well, know you're subject to these things as a player. Yeah, but it's, it is an interesting sort of design. I mean, space. you know,
1: I feel like 80 Days did a decent workaround on that where the timer is always running when you're in a town. But when you engage with a story element, it, it stops. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. that's a decent way to yeah. handle that, where, like, there are mechanics kind of... I actually
0: thought of, when I was playing subsurface circular for, like, until I... I mean, it pauses, I, but I, it
1: does it does elapse a chunk of time for that conversation, right? right. So while you're enjoying yeah. the content, you're not worrying about, like, oh, fuck, I got to yes, get through this thing. Yes.
0: That's how I thought it worked. But in reality, I don't think there is really, like, no. a real timer. There's no. just the sort of fake narrative timer, mm-hmm. which is fine. It totally makes sense for what the game is. But it did make my kind of yep. gears spin about what... Like what could this you know what alternate version of this could you make? Yeah, a- and I think to do that you just have to be willing to throw away a lot of content, and that's what eighty days does, right? Like yep. eighty days it doesn't really matter whether you see any one piece yeah. of content. It's the it's it's all kind of individually disposable, and then the value is how it is strung together for right. you. Whereas in a game like this, there really is a clear, if central you could, if you narrative could switch trains
1: and the story branched to that extent in this game, mm, then it would sure, be more along
0: those Sure, lines yeah. yeah, you could design, yeah, you could just you could design, design it and just be like way the more The finite vicious. branching version of it, it yeah. would just be a lot more content, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, the game is subsurface circular and it's like five bucks on Steam. You can play it in a few hours.
2: Nice. Break time.
0: Break. break time. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Mm. Squarespace is the easiest, fastest, most user-friendly, customer-supported way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Mm-hmm. And if you go to squarespace.com, you can start a free trial, build your whole website without needing to pay for anything, and get it all figured out, make sure that it's it's how you like it, and then when you are ready to check out, use that offer code Thumbs for ten percent off. You can get your domain name. You can build the whole website. You have twenty four seven customer support. It's all of the pieces in one place to make your entire website. And uh, <laughs> this is this is um, a, just a funny thing that I happened to notice the other day. I've f- Become really into this YouTube channel that Sean recommended to me called Binging with Babish. Have you guys heard about this? No. It's a guy who makes cooking videos based on uh, like fictional the like food mm. from fiction. Like TV. this is film. why you
2: found that cocktail that you talked about on Twin Peaks rewatch. Yes, okay. Yes, it's a
0: different channel, but it's it's that guy was indirectly they how did a crossover yeah, 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 for that yeah, one yeah. drink. Anyway, anyway, <clears> there's a video game. The one that he sent me originally was uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild cooking video. Anyway, his website is made of Squarespace, I found out. Nice. And I went, I'm, on the, I'm on his website, uh, it's great. Anyway, Squarespace, you just build whatever website, even if it's like a professional thing. And you can put yeah, all your you stuff on it. do it. it. Yeah. You go to squarespace.com, and uh, use the offer code thumbs when you're ready to check out. But even before you're ready to check out, you can build your whole site with your free trial. 10% off with the offer code thumbs when you're ready. Squarespace.com, it's got everything you need. Thanks Squarespace. <laughs> This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by ProFlowers, the most professional way to send flowers. I mean, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't misconstrue ProFlowers. It's a very easy and nice and like also casual and fun way to send flowers. Yeah. But I would say they take their side of it very professionally. Yes. And seriously, so you don't have to. You right. just like click some buttons on a website, and then flowers show up at someone's home, and they're beautiful. Uh, and if you go to proflowers.com and use the code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 20% off rainbow roses or any other amazing pro bouquet of $29 or more. Proflowers.com with the offer code THUMBS for that. I know we've all had some pro flowers in our lives recently. Oh, yeah, those rainbow roses. We've
2: had a lovely houses with lovely flowers in them i mean not houses none of us own a house yeah please <laughs> oh come on <laughs> please
0: to console yourself uh by knowing you will never own a house right and will just uh, as a millennial apartment unit forever yeah uh why not freshen it up with some flowers well
1: save 20% and then take that 20% and put it in a fund yeah and then don't spend that extra 6,000 years from now you can afford or whatever a house. Yeah. you piece of shit yeah, exactly. irresponsible
0: jackass millennial right Just save money on flowers and buy a house with the money you have left. Yeah. It's so easy.
1: Just put a dollar in the bank.
0: Don't spend an extra 20% on flowers, jackass. Put that in a a fucking house,
2: kid. And then fill that house with flowers. Yeah. (laughs) Because once you have a house, you have equity. You're making money off that fucker. And use that to buy even more flowers (laughs) until you are dead.
0: Buy 20% more (laughs) flowers And then you can buy flowers. You
1: You got flowers for your funeral. You're good. A million flowers. (laughs) All those flowers already. Yeah.
0: (laughs) God. Why haven't people fucking figured this out? Why haven't they just been doing this? I don't know. Just go to proflowers.com and use the offer code THUMBS. At checkout to save 20% off your order of $29 or more. And then all this other stuff that we just said. You'll own a house. You'll own a house. You'll be full of flowers. You can't even move in it because there's so many flowers. You'll have no avocados at all, ever, please. Proflowers. Proflowers.com with the offer code thumbs.
1: House not guaranteed.
0: Oh yeah, multiple people
2: inside of Campo have confirmed that those sugar-free gummy bears just make you shit your pants uncontrollably. (laughs) Say that again. Multiple people in campo have confirmed that the sugar-free gummy gummy bears make you shit your pants forever. Jesus. Yeah. Erin was working at Speakeasy for a while in the first incarnation of it, and she was training to do one of the roles. Then someone went, you're going to have to fill in for this other person. She's like, I don't know that person's part. Like, well, you're going to have to cram because they ate a ton of sugar-free gummy bears and are just (laughs) at home shitting their brains out. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Erin had to sit during a different performance just in the back. Like, cramming the script for a different character. Yeah. And then Ben also said that he had a friend staying at his house who just was in the bathroom the entire time just pooping. So we should order those as a little prank. That's our new YouTube video series. Every day we eat a bag of sugar-free gummy bears. That
0: is, I mean...
2: Yeah, while well, discussing Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shake at those gummy bears. I, I hate
2: the ones that make you cough uncontrollably while you shit. <laughs> cool oh, oh wow mom wouldn't like that <laughs> <laughs> not for moms <laughs> what
1: hey what kids you, what, what if all you were playing a video game you just kept eating those and then by the end you were just like shitting your pants crazy
2: <laughs> I'm sitting in my tactical gamer chair <laughs> uh, I'll lose weight while gaming <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you rebrand those so they all have, like, uh, you know, VR headsets or sort of, like, Google Glass <laughs> cyberpunk stuff yeah. on the box, it's just, like, you know, cyber bears, and you sell them to uh, to gamers mm-hmm. <laughs> to eat them and then poop. Sounds good. Chris, there's money in this. Is that well, it? Are we back? Yeah. Well, I guess. What are we talking about?
0: Sonic the Hedgehog! <laughs> oh, right. Oh shit! We're back. What are we talking about? Sonic
2: the Hedgehog. Oh shit!
0: Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh,
2: we're in our Sonic, uh, our manic phase uh, <laughs> of, of Sonic Mania. Yeah, God, I, I played. I played some Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania does does imply. That there's also like um, a real sort of down time uh, yeah, for Sonic. Yeah. Sonic depression. Um, I yeah. guess that was the
0: last 15 so, years yeah, of Sonic right, the, the Hedgehog, Hedgehog games. Sonic yeah. depression sounds like a geological event. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? It sounds like right. Sonic like depression actually. The Concorde uh, takes off. Right and, and leaves, leaves a the sonic, sonic depression. depression oh, right? I yeah. thought
2: you were talking about like uh, like sort of ground mm. cavities. I was going to say I was going yeah, yeah. to say sonic depression features in Bungie's uh, popular myth series, like oh, uh, yeah. you know deformable nice terrain joke. Yeah, 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 Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, Sonic Mania. I played a lot of Sonic Mania.
0: Yeah, it's a new Sonic the Hedgehog game. I actually don't know anything about this. So, Chris,
2: they've made another Sonic game.
0: Okay, that that in itself is not remarkable. It's not
2: remarkable, and it's usually sort of just the depressing or or not it's even It's usually it, Sonic depression. It is yes. <laughs> uh, Sonic Mania is a it's a two D Sonic game. It's pixel art Sonic game. It's very much oh, in the style of art? the Sega Genesis games. Yes, it's it's For uh, what system? Switch, I guess. All systems. It's, it's, okay. uh, the PC mm. version is is a little bit delayed, but it's it's on Switch, Xbox, PS4. Um, Sega made the interesting choice with Sonic Mania of basically instead of repeatedly shutting down and shunning uh, fan modders and Sonic hackers and uh, sort Sonic hackers is an amazing phrase. (laughs) They they've employed um, a really notable like. Person who started off doing like Sonic CD ROM hacks and extensions of that game. Oh my god. And then god. also people who've been making uh fan games and fan mods to yeah. old Sonic games. I've seen so some of those mods. Yeah, so there's yeah. A, uh, the lead programmer whose name is, oops, failing at my job here of being an informed man. Uh, Christian Whitehead is the lead programmer and was the lead developer. And then there's also two other teams on the project. Uh, known as Headcanon and Pagoda West Games, what
0: Headcanon? Headcanon. Yes, amazing. So,
2: Sega said you have the power to make and ship a totally blessed Sonic the Hedgehog game, and hashtag sh- blessed. Yeah, and I think that it was the right choice because I've not, like I've not played a Sonic game that I liked in a long time. I admittedly skipped some that just got objectively yeah. panned, but like. Maybe the Sonic Advance games on GBA. I I really liked that. Those. Was the last?
0: Wasn't that was basically the last time they said no, we are going back to oh no. They wasn't did it? they did I one called yeah, Sonic the
2: Hedgehog four. I think they tried to do the oh, Mega Man three right. thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, people yeah. weren't really into that. Yeah. They also they also tried to do a sort of three D. I think they tried to do their version of Mario Galaxy with a game that was just called Sonic the Hedgehog that was supposed to be a three D one, but it was yeah, uh, the aggressively the aggressively exactly. over over designed and over thought. This game. So
0: you've been playing this on
2: Switch, I assume.
0: I've been playing it on Switch,
2: which is fantastic, uh, yeah. playing
0: that on, on a... The screenshots look really nice.
2: Yes. So the thing that I... I didn't do a lot of reading on, on uh, Sonic Mania other than just saw people say, oh, it's, it's good. Uh, it's worth playing. Admittedly, so it's still a Sonic game. So if you didn't like Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, or 3, or Sonic and Knuckles, etc., you probably... W- won't like Sonic Mania, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. But then, what's? What, but, do you, what, but, do
0: you, what do you like? What do you like about Sonic if you don't like those?
2: Right. Well, I mean, there's people who, who like a lot of platformers, but Sonic the Hedgehog is a, is kind of a sloppy mess mechanically. All things. Oh considered. yeah, it totally is. Like, it It, works. Totally is. it somehow yeah. works in the earlier Sonic games.
0: But it works in spite of itself. It's really weird. Yes, it's, it's interesting. It's like case where the sort of the conceit is so strong that it just like totally counterbalances yeah. all of the incredibly significant problems with that design yes that as a kid i was not i was not really conscious of but now when you play those games you're like man this is bad in right. a lot of just, ways you're supposed but to go fast but also to win you have you, to go slow but you also constantly slam into it's like you're supposed to go fast but like yeah. it's you really you spend a lot of time like gingerly poke unless you're mm. amazing at it but you can't get amazing at it without playing it a shitload to begin yeah. with the the
2: best yeah. the best way to play a sonic game seems to be to kind of just get over all of those things and enter yeah, a weird just, sort of state you where you're like my, to, yeah. my job is just to explore this space yeah. and yeah, yeah, be yeah. surprised by the weird things that are going to happen to me inside of this and sort of you know you'll you'll say man as long as I kind of am heading generally from left to right yeah, I'll, the, I'll sort of you know, intuit my way through this level and yeah. I have no idea how I did it but yeah, I'll get to you the you know end. one
0: thing that I think is totally amazing about those games and I can't decide if it's good or bad but I think I think it's just good I mean like it, it's, it's one of those cases where it might sort of be flawed in a lot of senses but i think the total effect is great is how fucked up and weird the level design in those games yes is.
2: so that's the thing the, the thing that i didn't know about sonic mania is th- well I, I was about to say, sorry mm, sonic mania i thought that it was <laughs> going to just be we are making a bunch of new sonic the hedgehog levels new sort of right. new zones new themes new sure. art the way that it starts though is you're in what looks like just yet another um take on you're in sort of a green lush area but it's a new new presentation, you know, it's yet another Sonic game that opens up with another variant of Green Hill Zone or whatever. Uh Sonic meets up with Robotnik got sorry, with Dr. Eggman.
0: I think he's let's just call him what he is. This, Dr. Robotnik. Sure,
2: he's 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 Eggman in this. I'm an
0: American goddamn it. But
2: uh <laughs> this is it's this there's no actual story or meaning behind this, but uh Robotnik presses a, a little weird remote control at Sonic and the world starts inverting and a whole bunch of crazy effects happen and then you wake up in Green Hill Zone from either Sonic 1 or Sonic 2. I think it's in, I think it's the weird I think it's level one of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 okay and you literally just play through that you ha- it's like the sprite art is a little bit punched up in places Sonic has a couple of additional moves and he you know it's running on the it's running on new code that plays basically the same except there's a surprise strange boss encounter at the beginning or at the end of that instead of you just running through. And then you get... Like Super to, Metroid style? Uh, just Sonic the Hedgehog style. Sure. Um, there's just a strange, weird Sonic mini-boss. And then you get to Green Hill Zone uh, Act 2, and it's just a completely different level. And it's just... They said... Uh, it's, it's like, okay, here is the original one, and now this team of crazy, just Sonic mm. aficionados. Like, okay, and now we will do level 2, which is our love letter to the Green Hill Zone version of Sonic the Hedgehog. But, like everything is like 20 to 80 percent more sort of like the, the flow is more interesting and like the different sort of small mechanics that they've added into the levels to mix up like you know the, the the types of shoots that you get into the little devices that you get in or there's other strange conceits are just it's a it's a new level that you don't expect and then the boss fight um, at the end of that, at the end of the Green, of green Hill Zone Act 2, I'm only going to spoil a little bit of the beginning of this game, but it's the only way that I can figure out how to explain this, is just literally the end boss from Sonic the Hedgehog 2 just shows hmm. up.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Then you get zapped with the TV remote again, and you're in Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and it's just Chemical Plant Zone Act 1, like one of the most notorious, yeah. like emotionally notorious Sonic the Hedgehog levels, because it's the one with the pit of pink water that you yeah. have to jump out of oh, as all the blocks God. are spinning. Yeah. And Then you complete that, fight a surprise boss battle, and get to Chemical Plant Zone Act Two, and it is like the most amazing Sonic level that I have played, probably. Wow. Because they said, okay, this level's called Chemical Plant Zone, and all it has ever had in it before is just that pink water and like the blue muck that kills you. Yeah. Or you fall out of the level and die, I guess. Yep. But now there's. Like and But that level is also the one, if you remember it, that is known for sort of you falling into the little contraptions of spinny pipes yep. that will whip and you around in different directions. Yeah, yeah. And like as a kid, you always wondered like if I lean on the directional stick, can I control which way I go? In Chemical Plant Zone 2 in Sonic Mania, there are actual switch ports that you can go into and choose oh, which way crazy. you route. There's all these different sort of gels that you can like – if you land on what looks like a bumper, it turns out to be the top of a syringe and it will inject the water in the level with a color that turns it sort of sticky or bouncy – like, it's just, there's all these weird glass tubes that you're swirling around in. It's fucking nuts. And then you realize, this is, sorry, if you don't want to hear any Sonic Mania spoilers, stop listening now, but this is the most amazing part of Sonic Mania to me. So they've turned Chemical Plant Zone into this place that is now actually these weird multicolored goos going all over the place, and you're just, like, fucking flying all over the place through lab equipment, and you get to the boss battle, and... Instead of it being the thing where the floor is flipping up and down and Robotnik is just dropping blue ooze on you, you get dropped into a control, like a, what looks like a little mech control panel device, and then it's revealed that you are one of two players playing against Robotnik in Mean Bean Machine. Which is what Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine was the Sega Genesis like columns or Tetris style oh, falling block hilarious. puzzle game. So yeah. they've said, they've sort of said weird. okay we've in hmm. the chemical plant zone which is now full of all these weird colored goos and you don't know what they're for. Uh, you're just making the fucking mean
0: beans for Mean Bean Machine. That's amazing. And then you have to
2: play him. Wow. In, in a two player puzzle game, and then he gets destroyed. And all the that's classic- also kind yeah.
0: of a cool like that's also in a way sort of a... Um, uh, I don't know slight. Feels like a slight echo of like the casino level in which you're inside a yeah. pinball machine and uh, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. The next the next level after this is uh, called Studiopolis, and it is sort of their first new one, and it's yeah. a combination of like '80s talk show TV look and that casino stuff. But yeah, the, it just feels like okay, you guys understand, yeah. The fucking craziness yeah, this, that you should be experiencing like, in a Sonic the Hedgehog game
0: this yeah, this sounds like it's actually interesting, right instead of just being good or bad, it sounds like they actually had ideas yes uh, that are that are worth anything I mean it sounds like um kind of the what Nintendo has really spent years and years and years at this point doing with Mario. Mario
2: Galaxy, 3D Land and World, and the upcoming Mario Odyssey feel like sort of love letters to all of the past of Mario, and I don't think Sega has hit that correctly. They have, like, love letter to the past, but also looking at what those games were doing and what sort of fueled their creativity, and then extrapolating that forward at the same time, as opposed to just bathing in nostalgia or just making bland trash like it feels like they got the balance right for maybe the first time in a long time with a Sonic game that's amazing wow at least wow. for me i'm sure that a lot of you know it's been getting good reviews i don't know what like true mega sonic yeah, fans sure. mm-hmm. think about yeah. the details of it but for me as sort of just a casual person who you know liked and still occasionally goes back and plays some of the old sonic games and feels like they hold up i've i've had a really good time with this so far like i'm still too shit at Sonic games to have, like, <laughs> properly progressed through the Chaos Emerald stuff, and it yeah. seems to have, you can un, uh, you can play as Sonic, or have Sonic with Tails following you, or you can play as Knuckles, and the levels mm. also have slight branching content depending on which of those characters you play as, because they have slightly different sub-abilities. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about any of that, because I've just sure. been playing as Sonic alone, yeah, sure. because having Tails in the level for me always just makes me worse, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah. But anyway... Um, God crashing into that Mean Bean Machine console. It's that's like, really cool. oh, are you that's kidding great. me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And I knew exactly <laughs> what to do. And it was ah, uh, the, the 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 all of the bosses are actually pretty good. Like I think mm-hmm. that's another one that feels like looking at what did Sonic the
0: Hedgehog do. And the, the, I actually it, think boss battles in Sonic the Hedgehog were um, amazingly, given how frequently boss battles are clever. just dog shit in yeah. the games. Were actually like yeah, really good. Yeah, and, relative and to and a lot of boss battles. In the, games. The, the
2: boss battles in this game. I've found a. I've had a couple that are just like feel like just brutal assaults that are not entirely fun. But it's only been a couple of outliers in what has otherwise yeah. been mm. just like a ton of fresh, good good scenarios. Like that That's trend cool. of that trend of good. Like mm-hmm. it's a game where every new level or every it's like midpoint of a level, you know you're going to be surprised and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be usually good, sometimes great, and always interesting, which is like pretty rare. And I've, I'm enjoying that in a, in a Sonic the Hedgehog game.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Sonic that's really Mania. Good.
2: Also, yeah, it is super fun to play on a Switch, to play on
0: yeah, sure. a giant-ass handheld screen. Yeah, totally. Um, in term, Speaking of platforms, I looked it up, and it comes out on PC August 29th, so actually by the time you hear this oh. podcast, it'll already have been out for a week on PC. So cool. That, that's, I'll, I'll just play it on Steam when it comes out. I'm excited. Um, I would not have guessed this would have been something as interesting to me as you have made it yeah, sound. Yeah,
2: well, it's still, maybe you'll you might still find it, like, okay, it is still a Sonic the Hedgehog game, yeah, totally through and through. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like if someone walks sure. up to you and says, "You should see Captain America: Civil War because it's totally a conspiracy thriller." You're like, "Ah, it's still a Marvel comic book movie, dude." But you know, so like, right. it's right. working within the constructs of a Sonic game. But I think, I think it's, I think it's good.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds great. Um, cool. That cool. was my Sonic Mania. I
2: got. I became uh, a manic Sonic man.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Neither of you have played Pyre, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. I might I might save that until I've played more of it, but I mm. I do want to say one thing about it. Because we just sort of talked about the dynamic that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. kind of has, I feel like it just reminds me of the utter opposite of Pyre, which is that this is... Uh, I, I think Pyre is an incredibly good game. Um, it's the new game from Supergiant, which made uh, Bastion and Transistor. And it's a case where the sort of, like core uh repeating battle mechanic is not something i'm like super into personally it's this in- it's very interesting it's this sort of 3 on 3 um like basketball it almost feels soccer, like it feels like an of... arcade
2: an arcade-y sports game right Yeah, it's I like mean, an kind nba, of like jam, NBA or jam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but of a weird fantasy right. sport that doesn't exist yeah
0: and it's the a bunch of battles of this like f- sort of fictional fantasy sports game strung together by like a bunch of sort of overworld-based narrative stuff. And I'm, like, it's not necessarily my thing, but it's a case where the just the quality level is so goddamn high. It is ridiculous how high quality this game is in terms of how those mechanics are executed and just the overall level of polish in the game is, like, intimidatingly just off the charts. It's, like, hard for me to wrap my brain around um, how sort of polished off this game is in a way that is very appealing. And so it's a case where just the intrinsic quality of it is sort of pulling me through, even though the base is kind of like just the core conceit of it is not necessarily something that would totally be my thing. And I, I find that is rare for me th- at this point um, to encounter. Um, but this Jake is someone who makes UI you should play I know you've you played an early version of this game when we sort of even the like, early version of it I was crushed by how clean, clean the UI of really it was yeah one. but you should play the final version of it because the the level of UI polish is I mean maybe higher than any like uh, honestly like than any game I can think of I mean mm. that's indie, amazing AAA I mean yeah. it, just the, the number of tiny little details just in every element of the UI and UI is a really big part of this game which is why one of the reasons right. it's so significant and adds so much to the total feel of it. It is, I mean, it's like incomprehensible to me. I mean, just, no, I mean, I didn't directly work, I've never directly worked on UI, but just having been around games being made and seeing what a pain in the ass it is to get just everything to be sort of pixel perfect, let alone like interesting and unique and good, the degree to which every corner of the screen of this game is like packed with little details that are totally seamless is incredible to me. Um, anyway, I've only played for a, a few hours at this point, um, so I, I, I probably should really cap it there into, until I'm deeper into it. But it does feel like I've gone through the core loop of the game a bunch of times at this point. Like, I don't really expect it to drastically go off in some other direction. Um, but it is, it, it's an interesting concept that I think a lot of people would like. But then on top of that, the, the execution level is just insane. So anyway, that's Pyre by Supergiant. I would just, I wanted to call it out simply yeah. because it is, I, I, I just can't, I don't know. I don't, hmm. I don't get it. Like I don't, cause there's, you know, they're not a big team. They're not a really big yeah. team. So it's just, it's shocking to me.
2: They love that polish though. I mean, all of their games have always felt incredibly polished. Right, like, but they, they
0: don't usually involve this much constant intera- interaction with UI. I guess transistor more. So I guess they've been trending upwards in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's always felt like they've looked at, they've looked to studios like Blizzard um, or like yeah. modern fighting games yeah. though, for like yeah, how yeah, yeah. clean yeah. and sort of poppy all that stuff Blizzard, should
0: be. Blizzard, right, when you, if you play like... Um, I mean,
2: just Hearthstone Hearthstone. Is all to, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. If
0: you play Hearthstone, yeah, that, that feels like one of the few other points of comparison. But it's kind of like, it's not as impressive to me in Hearthstone. I mean, it is in terms of the actual end result. Yeah. But like, one... Blizzard is a massive company with way more resources, and two, that game literally is the UI. Like Hearthstone, yeah. only is UI, yes. so it sort of Man. stands to reason. But Pyre is is not just you know UI to so that point.
2: Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Dota card game is that Valve announced at the International mm. because I love the aesthetic of Dota 2 like I love the Dota 2 menus and the branding and stuff right. I love that they have sort of the blizzard look but it's weirdly classy almost to the point that it seems like a it's joke it's a bit
0: more muted yeah it's, it's like yeah. it's
2: everything is like it's got little elements of modern clean design in it and I'm really excited to see what the heck
0: yeah
2: a game that is just basically that aesthetic only without there being when you say a
0: card game do you mean like a computer card game or a yes yeah, they, yeah, they announced a game? They've okay. Uh, okay i don't know anything about it
2: announced this. a game called artifact a dota 2 card
0: game that's so funny that they're just doing
2: <laughs> featuring a uh, friend of idle thumbs and former host of dota today brad muir as one of the designers on it
0: oh crazy good yeah. for brad yep man that sounds like something he would just yeah like that's got to be one of his sort of dreams yep. that's really cool good for him nice good for them um we have a, we got a couple emails about our ongoing uh, player unknown battlegrounds like observation betting. Oh, our gambling! Things. Everyone told us how gambling actually works and where it is in the world. <laughs> well, there's a couple emails. One, so one from Holly Pickering. She says, "I'm sure other people have posted this your way." they have not so thank you Holly uh, but there is going to be a PUBG invitation event at Gamescom this year it's all offline land, so that solves the streaming and cheating issue I also think the groups are a lot smaller than 100 per game but I can't find the exact details of that should be interesting to see how it all goes in any case all the best Holly and she linked to a couple uh, links about this and yeah I mean there's so not
2: they're on like, an offline land, but they're going to broadcast the event to the public somehow you'd have to right
0: yeah I assume so Huh. Uh, but but the players, I imagine, will be in an Un- environment unable that to, would not allow yeah. them to stream. Yeah, so I mean...
2: <laughs> they have just... Uh, yeah. yeah, they got their... You know, oh, yeah, right, the phone output. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: interesting. Yeah, so I mean, this is just... This is like the way that you'd have to do it, right? I mean, yeah, you'd just ha- you have, you have, to just have to just do, do it as You have to events. isolate the players. That's really the one thing you have to control for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Oh, 80, 80. It looks like how many it is. Mm. According to the... That's uh, still a lot. Chan Han Kim, the VP and executive producer of Blue Hole. Um so anyway, uh awesome, cool. I am glad to know about that. I will I You will bet on it. I will watch that cuz that's that's cool. Uh and then also Danielle Charles writes in um saying, "Hey there. Th- so, this is about something called Salty Bet?" <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, which I couldn't I could not figure out what this was by going to the website. But Danielle says it Uh, Salty Bet was something of a sensation around the era of Twitch plays Pokemon and runs constantly. Hmm. It's based on Mugen, a freeware fighting game whose community is the source of the content. Because anyone can add anything, the playable characters could be Ken lifted straight from a Street Fighter game, a frame-by-frame rip of Vegeta, a badly drawn original character, or a single still image of Tom Hanks slopped over a pixelated body. In Salty Bet, an AI runs both players of the fighting game and chooses characters from Mugen's inv- is that how you say it, Mugen? I don't know. I don't know. i sure. uh, infinitely deep well of characters. Upon reaching the site, you are given some starting value of salty bucks, and your goal is to multiply your wealth through betting on the random AI brawl. The site calculates betting margins and payouts once everyone's locked in. It personally served as my introduction to Twitch years ago, and every so often someone will slap it on TV when in a party full of nerds. It's a bit of a meme bonanza, but when you and a few friends get into the site, it makes for a fun little social time-waster and or drinking game. Hope you find it worth a laugh. Danielle. Seems like a good idea. It does seem cool, yeah. i is also I'm glad
2: we thing that is great. Mugen is a cool thing, It's, I mean, thing, stupid. Yeah. yeah. The stupidest thing.
0: I'm glad that someone wrote in about this because uh, some other people... Did not write in with an, they just wrote in saying, literally, like, oh, it's like salty bet And if you go to the website, there is absolutely zero information. Mm. Like, no, that's because it's part of the dark web, Chris. Well, it's just one of those like classic internet (laughs) things that's been around for years, and just its community knows what it is. And to find out what it is, you basically just have to start engaging with it and you'll learn. But who wants to to tell you about it? Well, I sort of watched it for a bit, but it wasn't, I couldn't discern any Mm. useful information, right? So, um thanks for the email. Uh, I'm glad to know about it um, let's see uh, here's an email from jamhand Tiger soul mm. <laughs> very good uh, I haven't read your daily yeah gaming yet, goodness so we'll see <laughs> uh, this person says hey thumbs while having a spectator view with betting certainly presents challenges, I feel you could circumvent some of these things simply by removing player names from the equation. The way I see it, the game could provide lifetime statistics for each player and assign the player a number based on their position in automatically calculated odds at the beginning of each round. For instance, a pro tier player might have odds of 1 to 2 of winning and have the best shot of winning, so their player number for that game is 1. Spectators can place bets and free roam to watch the game unfold. Granted, this isn't foolproof. Someone could just as easily be watching a stream and figure out the streamer is in the game. But to make it more difficult, much like a horse track can only accommodate one race at any given moment, it could be limited that only a single game is available for betting at any moment. Or on the flip side of that, perhaps multiple games are going on, but betting is locked out once the game begins. This way, either people trying to cheat and forced to wait until the game is their show match, which is unlikely with the number of games being played concurrently, or they are forced to sift through hundreds of games, hoping to find the one they want to cheat on and most likely being locked out of betting regardless. I can see this this might take some of the fun out of betting, but this certainly could prevent or at least severely limit cheating. Teens are the worst, Alex, what if instead of numbering them, you give them randomly generated names Candles like Jam Hand different. Tiger Soul? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you just assemble a bunch of like syllables into sure. a cool sounding name. I first Sounds encountered
2: good. that style of uh, data, like of sort of u- like unique ID hashing with America Online floppy disks. What? Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Passwords yeah. When, you're like, when you, you're like, I'm yeah, going to yeah, sign up, yeah, I'm going to yeah, activate yeah, my yeah, AOL yeah. disk, and then it was just like, type in the word soccer pancake like uh, okay I guess that's
0: fine totally yeah classic yeah when I was at uh, when I was at double fine um, we built a um, uh, you know because double fine did a couple game kickstarters we built our own infrastructure on Double Fine's server for managing backers because <clears throat> uh, it cons- you know it was able to consolidate well
2: things like BackerKit didn't really exist when Double Fine was doing right exactly yeah,
0: yeah. and um, so or we they did they were very new yeah so we were able to consolidate um, our Backer databases across Kickstarter and like individual PayPal like we built our own infrastructure for backing via PayPal like from our website if the Kickstarter campaign was done and people still wanted to get into it and all this stuff and I, I built that along with uh, Paul Dubois who's an amazing programmer and he um, uh, uh, he incorporated a really good way to deliver unique hashes to users which was to basically do that and it would assemble these just strings of crazy words that involved like just sort of the universe of Double Fine Games and just names of people who worked at the studio and stuff so you could just get a ha- like your unique hash for I don't know your like download key for Broken Age or like a massive child or something could end up being something like, you know, Remo brutal toilet agent or something. And that would just be what you like, click on that and put it into the website and get your download key. And it was, that was like, it's, I remember when he did that being like, there's no way, how is this secure? And it's like, well, it's using the same sort of amount of like randomness and uniqueness that anything else would. It's just using Mm -hmm. words instead of, just random characters. Yep. I'm like, oh, I guess what makes sense. So that's actually what we use for the Firewatch camera
2: website as well. Your, that's right. Your Firewatch right. camera URL right. is just a string of, of
0: that's true like national park names yeah, and a bunch of other that. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: Inspired, of course, by Steve Case's original AOL <laughs> service.
0: <laughs> God, who's was Steve Case? The, the founder CEO of AOL. I don't know. Of AOL. I yes. anything yeah. about that <laughs> <laughs> era. What it's like a weird, forgotten, like stupid. He owns a bunch era. of
2: land in Hawaii, like those guys do.
0: Oh, really? Uh huh. Anyway. Well some of those guys just own entire fucking Hawaiian islands. Yeah, he's not he
2: wasn't uh, all the way up to Island like the Oracle owning. guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um do 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 what else do we have here? Emails from readers. Emails from readers. Oh, here's an interesting thing. Uh Eric writes, hey Thumbs, I was listening to your latest episode of your video game podcast. Oh, man. And you were discussing the Friday the 13th game and spun off into wild ideas of a The Thing game.
2: Oh, are they going to tell us that a Thing game exists, right? There
0: is actually a game on Steam that has a lot of the mechanics and ideas you discussed, which is called Deceit. Hmm. It's a multiplayer game with up to six, I believe, players. And when you start, two of you become the infected. Both the infected know who the infected are, but the rest do not. The idea is for the healthy survivors to get to checkpoints, which are unlocked by flipping switches, which only the infected can unflip, and then run to the next part of the map. The infected's job is naturally to kill the rest. The infected can turn into a powerful monster thing to kill the survivors. Usually happens when the map turns pitch black. But to do this, they must, while in human form, drink blood bags that are scattered around the map to charge (laughs) their monster ability. Only infected Drink blood bags (laughs) to charge your monster. Only infected can drink blood bags. There are also weapons and some tools scattered around the map, such as a tracker, which you can put on other survivors to keep track of them if they're acting suspicious, a one-use scanner, which can scan one person to see if they're infected, which, if one of the infected gets the scanner, can cause some interesting scenarios, and a lethal injection, which does exactly what you think it does. Non-infected players can kill each other, too, but when someone gets shot down, players vote the downed person out by shooting at them, so you can't just start shooting people in, to, in order to hope to win." Infected players can only permanently kill other players without having to vote them out when they're in monster form. This is, of course, not a The Thing game, but it has a lot of the things you talked about and makes for an absolutely mind-twisting, paranoia-filled 20 minutes or so, which is usually how long a game lasts. (laughs) People running around trying to figure out who's what and the infected trying to pin stuff to the survivors. Hey, this guy drank a blood bag. He's infected. Kill him. No, I didn't. He drank the blood bag. Kill him. (laughs) Oh, classic cetera. thing!
1: Dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> he the he drank the blood. He drank
0: it. It's a lot of fun, and I definitely <laughs> recommend you check it out. Love your cast, and I'm working through important if true. And I must say, I enjoy it much more than I thought I would. All the best, Eric.
2: I'll take that. I'll take what I can get. Yeah,
0: whatever. I'll take better than expected. Um, that's cool. That is D
2: plus for important if true.
0: It occurs to me. I don't actually remember if we if we noted this when we were talking about. Um, Friday the 13th, and fictional and sort of hypothetical thing game. But this is a dynamic that actually is a really big thing in board games, mm-hmm. in like modern, the, the last several years of board games, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's like classic stuff like yeah. um, uh, like Mafia? What are the ones, what is yeah, like some yeah, of the classic is. just ones you don't need a set for? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and then there's um, that uh, werewolf one. Yeah,
2: werewolf. Is Codenames one? Or no, what is the... Geez, there's a bunch of games like this, though. There's a yeah. bunch of yep. people all sitting around the and table of like card the games. Battlestar
0: Galactica game, and like, yeah. you yeah. know, there's all different... Like, ranging all the way from games where you all you have to do is talk to each other without any equipment, all the way up to like the Battlestar game, which is like a whole board with all kinds of stuff on it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a really commonly... It's a. I find those games incredibly stressful. <laughs> I find them really <laughs> difficult to play because there's... They're the, you have to just straight up lie to people's faces, yeah. and I, I, even though it's obvious, I, I'm aware it's like fictional That's and not real, it, but I find not, it really yeah. like I just—it's one of those things that raises my heart rate, and just I'm I, I'm I'm decent at it. Like I'm I'm I'm. I'm I love it. You love yeah, it. I really, I really also love makes it. Makes me feel I love alive. Those games. What is the <laughs> one
2: with the? Um, do you remember the name of the one with the red cards and the blue cards and the spies and the presidents and all of that stuff? Oh, oh man, there's geez, a bunch
0: of these, and there's man. one that's like uh, that was that was easily my sort of a Victorian era one. There's a bunch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I could totally see. I could. I could.
1: To- I could. Oh. Uh. Before we go, yeah, I wanted to mention StarCraft Remastered.
2: Really oh quickly. yeah, StarCraft Remastered, Just yeah, really, really quickly. Uh, yeah, two rooms and a boom was the game I was thinking oh, of, and that is my yeah, favorite yeah, giant group yeah. deceit yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, also known as the thing, the game. But what, <laughs> what if one of them was the president? Yeah, um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> President <laughs> Thing. Yeah, StarCraft. Remaster, yeah, they remastered
1: StarCraft, and it's out. The original 1998 um, StarCraft. The original
2: 1998 StarCraft. Is yeah, it
1: no, actually so? What is this? Is it so? It is the same code, um, like the
2: same gameplay. So this code. is like same. StarCraft HD Remaster, like in the style of like we talked yeah. about the Grim Fandango one, which uh, or right. whatever, where it's the underlying original StarCraft is running underneath an upresed yes. version of StarCraft.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> with with some sort of like modern like UI improvements and things mm-hmm. like that. But. uh What's the? I mean, the craziest thing about it is it's 4K. So, yeah, Jesus, I can't even imagine. it's I have never seen a game, a 2D game, to this high of like the fidelity. Like, so I would recommend people go watch if this ever actually gets released as a video. They did a StarCraft Remastered launch event on, mm. like, Day 9 TV or whatever. Yeah. And they had Tasteless and Artosis, all these, like, classic... Oh, classic guys. It classic, was basically, uh, and then, but also casters. just all of their friends and, like, guys who haven't really played StarCraft recently who now just have, like, jobs at banks and stuff. And they got <laughs> them in a room, like, 30 people yeah. for two days and just did a, like, very loose tournament. But then they were just also just on the couch, like, telling stories about, like, back in the day. And it was fucking, like, really... Just, I mean, as somebody who's watched a lot of that stuff, like, well, back in the day, it was just really comforting, but then also, like, they were really funny, and it was a fantastic stream. It was actually really entertaining, even if you don't know anything about StarCraft, but uh, it's just crazy, because right off the bat, in the spectator mode you have the ability to just zoom in and zoom out of the map.
0: Oh, that's amazing. All the
1: way down to just like a single unit, and it holds up perfectly. Jeez. And then seeing like StarCraft 1 zoomed, I mean, even like StarCraft 2, you can't zoom like yeah, all the way really out. It's
0: constrained, and that's an intentional like balance yeah thing. In yeah. this, in though, in StarCraft, not, one, right? yeah, in Starcraft no, totally. 1, you yeah, can yeah, just yeah.
1: zoom all the fucking way out and just see like four screens worth oh, of map wow. space at once. Which is just for, like, if you've watched StarCraft, like, pulled in that far for, for 10 years, so, and then just suddenly <laughs> you just, oh, my God. You can just see, like, That's half the map. Have you
2: ever read, uh there have been a couple articles uh, that I've read, like, that sort of bubble up over the years about the way that NFL footage is captured and locked yes. in a vault? yes. How... Unless you're an actual NFL football team, oh, yeah. you can't get access mm-hmm. to the stationary cameras that show the entire field. You have to actually go to a game. But even yeah. then, you're not going to get like right. the perfect crisp bird's-eye view because they don't want people to be able to... They, like, for strategic reasons. I think, yes. uh, they don't want people yes. to be able to see full plays, plays and full dynamics mm-hmm. played out. StarCraft has always had that limitation, yeah. and now it doesn't, which is really interesting. It's crazy. I you mean, as a spectator can actually zoom out and see a macro view yeah. of what... Of what people are doing when they're zipping all over the world. Yeah, really I mean, well, the other
1: thing is, uh, they're now on the minimap for, an, for a spectator, you sh- you see these sort of like window that the spectator is seeing, but also now you see the windows of each player. Oh, that's really cool. So you can see them bopping around and know what they're looking at, mm. but it's not distracting that's so because good. it's just. That's so like, weird. Normally, like in Starcraft 2, they would just sort of go into like this what this guy they literally would cut, sees they would cut on cameras, his yeah. camera. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But uh, now just being able to like glance at the minimap and see what they're seeing that's, is
2: just so much that cleaner. makes so much sense i mean that's like yeah. what mobas do excuse me lord's management games uh yeah, yeah when you're a spectator kind of, in dota yeah. 2 you have you don't have the you don't have the mini maps you don't, the, have, the you don't have pips yeah but the ability to just fly all over the place and zoom in and out wildly and adjust your camera or look at what right. the commentators is showing or what all the different players are showing yeah. it's cool to see original ass starcraft one yep. with that like sort of meta yeah Layer over the top of it. That's interesting. That's really cool. I mean, I'm I'm really happy
1: that Blizzard is still supporting this, StarCraft because it seems yeah, like it was yeah, on this really incredible. like sharp downward trajectory. And then yeah. they just today, or uh, sorry, not today, but yesterday. Well, I guess three weeks ago when this airs, but they announced this huge overhaul of StarCraft Two, like oh. it's. Bonkers! They are literally wow. changing like half of the units. Like they're basically taking feedback and just saying, "All right, we're just gonna fucking change it and make it better." Because yeah. people were not happy with the direction wow. of that game. They're destroying. Like they're taking some units out of the game completely. Like hmm. it is a radical change. And them. yeah, no. Uh, people who are like still plugged into it are really happy with what they're doing, which yeah. is which is great. Like I would really, I still enjoy watching
2: StarCraft matches, and I hope that it's sort of like the way that Blizzard keeps all of their stuff alive is it's, fascinating. It's
0: kind of unparalleled. It's amazing. I mean, honestly,
2: I don't. The closest is Valve, but even they're oh, different. They don't, Valve doesn't have the the gigantic legacy of of Blizzard. Yeah, though, like, yeah. yeah. The other thing about remasters that's so cool
1: is that you know you go into the game and it's basically just a slightly upres version of the original StarCraft menu, and then you go on a BattleNet. It looks like old BattleNet, Aww. but then it has the functionality of like a modern matchmaking game. Oh, that's game. the best. It's just you still can join like. Eight, 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 uh, you know, eight on eight comp <laughs> rush or whatever, four on four comp rush. You can or seven on one, seven on one, like BTH big game covers sign, big game dollar dollar hunters. Dollar like dollar dollar sign. Sign. yeah, you can still join like stupid like you know lists. Yeah. You know yeah. uh, that's so good. List games, but then there's also just like matchmaking, you know, regular <laughs> matchmaking <laughs> and like yeah, 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 it's it's fucking great, and there's still just StarCraft general chat and just like bullshit. Yeah. But then it also has just, like, match me with somebody and, like, put me on the ladder or whatever, and it's it's just... Uh, it's did the perfect combination of that did shit. Did you guys see really that, that
0: uh,
2: Battle.net got renamed Battle.net again? I
0: know! It got renamed Even Blizzard Battle.net. Yeah, I,
2: well, whatever. It was named Battle.net, then it was just named the Blizzard client. Yeah. Worst yeah. in our darkest awful. time. Yeah, yeah. Awful. And then I think it was because Destiny now uses it? Well, yeah, it's weird.
1: Now when Desti- you have Battle.net open it shows you blizzard games on on the side and then there's a there's a
2: little subheading God. for activision speaking games of, but that's of, why it makes sense to put it back to battle yes. now. like why, renaming it blizzard and then immediately just putting yep. a Bungie game into it also ah, i have to God, say my brand is a histori-
0: as a historical like note speaking of developers with decades-spanning computer game heritage, yeah. Bungie making mm. a game for Battle.net. I know, uh, yeah,
2: what? weird. What? what I know, go like back, a weird go back to the
0: PC game, go back to the era yeah. of like Marathon and Myth uh-huh. and Diablo One, yeah, which was the first, as I recall, the first Battle.net game. right? Yeah,
2: well, I remember Bungie. Bungie ran Bungie.net, yes, which it was. They it was. they ran before, their own because I was
0: before Warcraft Two. It was
2: before... yeah. Well, Warcraft, no, Warcraft oh, Two,
0: was, Warcraft was not Battle.net. Battle.net edition. Yeah, yes. they, yeah. They, uh, they, Diablo was so the first Battle. So, game, go back to 1997, right? Yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, Bungie is going to make a game for this right. in 20 years. <laughs> Both of these companies will still be around. Right. Battle.net will fucking still be around. Yep. And one of them is going to make a game for the other. And one. yeah,
2: it will have from,
0: crazy. From, from
2: the creators of Marathon and Marathon 2 comes their newest basically aesthetically so close still. Yeah, I know. First they person love space all that thing. same
0: like, it's, shit. They love all yeah, that the, same The heritage stuff. of that
2: company has managed to actually be surprisingly intact over yeah. all this time as well. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was it, it went through a way more weird path than Bungie did. I mean, right. Blizzard, then Blizzard. Than Blizzard did. Than Blizzard yeah, did.
1: Yeah yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Man. That is so strange. Yeah, What a weird, just historical, like, fluke and yep. twisty path. Mm-hmm. All alike. Yep. Um All right, well I guess that's uh that's that's an episode I guess. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Idle Thumbs. Uh we will be back uh, next month with another uh, another episode of this podcast and in the meantime with uh, several more episodes of Important If True. Uh There's our, also our a weekly show.
2: There's also a Patreon Q&A
0: episode showing up sometime in between this and next month's thumbs for sure. Yeah, that's true cuz uh, they always they always show up. Yeah, those 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 show up. Alternating with episodes of Idle Thumbs, on this feed. Uh, if you want to find out more about that Patreon, you can do so at patreoncom Um and uh, you can send us email, questions, comments, uh, whatever whatever you have based on what we've talked about or what or what is going on that you think we should. To questions at Idle Thumbs. Dot net. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com, and uh, there you can subscribe to the show. Uh, pass that to a friend. Rate us on iTunes if you think we deserve it. And we will be back soon. Uh, for Idle Thumbs, <laughs> I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm
2: Jake Rodkin. See ya. Bye. God, I thought you were about to say stay spicy. yeah I, I was like, really <laughs> upset. Like, you're wrong. We do that tomorrow. Japanese video games. <laughs> That's make games in Japan. <laughs> my uncle told me. Yeah, my me. uncle, yeah. My rich
1: uncle. <laughs> my my uncle. rich uncle plays Mario. My cool uncle plays Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid.
0: Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. R.I.P.
2: See ya. Oh.